What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about everything here on this show, including yours. Send them to ouramericanstories.com. They're some of our favorites. And this next story is brought to us by Alex Cortez, who recently went to a fascinating event called Open Call where Walmart opens their doors to over 500 entrepreneurs to come to their headquarters, what they call the home office, in Bentonville, Arkansas, and pitch their American-made products to get into their over 11,000 stores. And it's a part of Walmart's commitment to buy an additional $250 billion worth of American-made products over a 10-year period. And Alex now brings us the story of an entrepreneur he met there. Marissa Sergi is a redhead. I think the color of our hair gives us a platform to embrace our true selves. So being able to have that stigma 
in the public eye that we are these sassy firecrackers that are forced to be reckoned with gives us the ability to really meet our full potential and be fun and quirky and not be ashamed of it because we already have the reputation may as well meet up to it right and as you can probably guess by now marissa is she started a wine company appropriately named redhead at the age of 19 which you'd probably think is illegal to drink wine let alone to sell it but not in her state of ohio if both of your parents consent you are legally allowed to have a drink I've been drinking wine since day one, to be honest. My grandpa Sergi would give my sister and I thimbles full of wine. And my mom hated it. She would complain and just scream, oh my goodness, you can't do this. She's only like four or five weeks old. And my grandpa Dominic Sergi said, if you don't like it, you could pay for babysitting. And my mom stopped complaining. <laughs> But hey, winemaking is in my blood figuratively and literally. I grew up in a very Italian-centered family and my grandparents immigrated here from Italy over 40 years ago and brought over the tradition of winemaking. So growing up, I always had lots of family and friends coming in and out of my grandparents' house, drinking wine and eating food just like they were one of us and it was Definitely something that inspired me to carry on with the family tradition. My grandpa passed away. I was only two years old, so I don't have any memory of him, but I'm able to embrace his memory through making wine. My father, Frank Sergi, he founded the winery where I work at called Lula Bella Winery. It was just a label to start. I wanted to design a fun label after doing market research, just looking what Labels appealed to me as a young person, not you know, of age, but I knew labels were very important, so that's why I created Redhead Wine to have a very appealing label, yet having a high quality wine to match the packaging. And I was able to get a winemaking degree from Cornell University called Viticulture and Enology. Which some people might think is a joke of a program. I mean, you're already doing enough drinking in college as it is. Do you really need a major in it? You know what? <laughs> yes. I love when people tell me that because the number one most failed class at Cornell University is the wines class within the hotel school. It's because people come in there and be like, oh, I'm going to drink wine all day, get an A, and peace out. Well, um, when you fail and you can't get your diploma, it is a big deal. It is a lot of wine chemistry, biochemistry, microbiology, vineyard management, plant science, gen chem, advanced chemistry, organic chemistry, wine chemistry, one, two, and three. You can't just walk through the winemaking major at Cornell University drunk for the next four years. You know what I mean? you got to pay attention. You need to know your stuff or at least get help if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I was a classic college student not paying attention in my class. And I was texting and checking my email. And I received an email that if you are a student entrepreneur and had a product or an idea to come to a meeting to receive free wings over Ithaca. Best wings 
in Ithaca. I love hot wings. They're very expensive, so I was a broke college student. So I was like, I'm there. I don't have a business, but I had redhead wine. I happened to have a bottle with me on campus. So I was like, I'm hungry. I'm going to check it out, get some wings and leave. Hopefully no one will notice me. But then I forgot. I have red hair. I stand out. I also had a bottle of wine, so everyone's like, oh, wine, how cool. And then I piled my wings very high on my plate. And then one of the professors running that meeting was like, if you're a student entrepreneur, you must give an elevator pitch at this meeting. It's like, crap, I can't leave because everyone knows I'm here. So I didn't even know what a pitch was. I Googled wine industry facts, slapped something together, didn't completely fall on my face in front of 100 people that were there. and. Two days later, I received an email from the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences that I was nominated as the Student Business of the Year for my college. I was like, okay, um, I'm not a business owner. I don't know how to even pitch a business professionally at a competition, but here we are. I did not win the competition, but I learned so, so much. I learned how to pitch a business professionally, all the business terminology that was really important to communicate when it came to costing and your market strategy, product market fit, uh, target market, all kinds of stuff. I just was a winemaker with an idea. So after graduating college, I moved to Modesto, California, worked for a winery out there, got about a year of experience, and I was like, okay, I'm 22 years old, I'm single, I have kids, I'm just gonna see if I can make this dream a reality. I packed up my bags from sunny California, moved 3,000 miles back to my childhood bedroom in Ohio, and became a bootstrapped, unglorified entrepreneur <laughs> to launch Redhead. I knew I didn't want to be 80 years old on my rocking chair drinking some gin and tonic one day and be like, ah, I wonder if I did it. So here we are. It's happening. It's getting real. And when we come back, we continue with this delightful voice, and it's Marissa Sergis, and she is the founder of Redhead Wine, based in Youngstown, Ohio. Her story continues here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please... Make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we're back with Our American Stories and with entrepreneur Marissa Sergi's story. The year was 2017, and she'd heard about an opportunity to pitch her redhead wine to Walmart and their open call event. I was just checking email. The Young Sound Business Incubator sent me the application, and I was like, wow, I have no chance. But I was like, the answer is always no if you don't ask crossed my fingers, sent in the application, and I found out a few weeks later I was flying to Bentonville, Arkansas. So I was excited but nervous because I knew there was a once in a lifetime opportunity. When you pitch Walmart, it's important to understand 
how to work the best with Walmart and analyzing what's the benefit for them and how you'll bring them value. You can't just pitch your product and talk about your product and who you are and your business and how it's gonna work. You think about who you're talking to. You need to provide as much value as possible and the product sales will come later. So I had a marketing professor from YSU help me analyze Walmart stores to see what percent of the market I could capture if they gave me a test market. And I believe that really showcased that we did our research. We understand we can't just drop a product on their shelf. Who's gonna buy it? What current Walmart customer is gonna purchase the wine type of thing? And uh, that really helped us a lot. I took a deep breath and just walked in there with confidence. Sometimes you gotta fake it till you make it. But the buyers were so kind and really interested. When Walmart invites you to an open call, they want to work with you. Even if you walk away with a no or a maybe, there's still a chance. They want to make it work because they're interested in your product. They, they wouldn't be inviting you here to waste your time. But I really wasn't sure if it was a yes, so asked them, hey, is this a yes? And they said yes. And I was very, very grateful for that. And when I walked out of the buyer meeting, I felt like I had an out-of-body experience. I couldn't believe I pulled it off. I couldn't believe they said yes to Redhead Wine and allowed me to have an opportunity at my dream by creating a wine brand that could potentially be shared with the whole country one day. So the first person I called was my grandparents. Well, first people I called were my grandparents and they were very excited. And it was nice to share that excitement with them. And I put the boots on the ground and started hitting the pavement with sales. I'm a winemaker, I make the wine, but part of my test market, I had to pitch every single manager or department lead to get them to okay the product and then I would be able to sell it there. As many as I wanted in the state of Ohio, but I knew I could only handle between 30 to 60, so we capped it at that. I didn't want to bite off too much that I could chew because you have to deliver on time and in full. You got to keep your commitments. The minute you're not honest in any business setting is the moment that you lose all of your potential and credibility. So that's something that I really tried to emphasize when I was trying to pitch and grow the company. What was most important was the, the sell-through rate. Are you meeting home offices, minimum sell-throughs? Just the number of units that you're selling per week, per month, per quarter. Are you having a great reputation? Are customers giving good feedback and looking for your product? And 60 stores later, a year and a half in the future, we received modular space. You have a permanent shelf position reserved for your product and your product only. So that is the most prime possession you could have as a, as a supplier, that you can't be kicked off the shelf by other competition. The home office has that little reserve sign for you with that tag, their price and UPC on it. And it's really cool to see on the shelf now. It just happened a couple months ago. A small town, 25-year-old winemaker with zero budget, 
survived a Walmart test market with just true grit, just going, showing up, asking questions. How could he serve this store better? What could we improve on? How are sales? You have to have those conversations. Just because you're in Walmart doesn't mean you're set. There's a lot of work and responsibility that goes along with having this opportunity. It's pretty incredible that Marissa raised no money to start her business, and she's now in Walmart. Zero. Um, to be honest, I don't even care. I'm going to keep it very real with you guys. In two years, I've only spent $5,000 in marketing. It's just being honest, customer relationships, and putting my best foot forward. I think that's really helped because I am the winemaker, third generation winemaker. It's what I love and I think my customers resonate with that because there's a lot of brands out there and some of the stories are not true. They're just made up just to target a market. Redhead was made because I was hungry for hot wings and I had a bottle of wine with me. That's the real deal and I think that's why it's succeeding because I never overthought it. I just was in the moment. We employ about 40 people total at the company and we have hired at least six new additional employees due to Walmart open call. So we're very grateful to be able to do that, especially in Youngstown, Ohio. Um, I know a lot of our job losses have been in the public eye. Like GM Lordstown closed, we lost 1,700 jobs. Over 40 years ago, the steel mills closed. We lost 40,000 jobs. So being able to be from Youngstown, Ohio, while creating a California quality wine by buying the California grapes, while keeping the jobs in Ohio is super special to the area. And although we're only hiring a handful of people compared to GM or the steel mills, it's exciting to know that we're at least affecting one additional family, maybe two, three, four, and we wanna to continue to do so. Just really grateful for the opportunity to have a partnership with Walmart. They've impacted not only my business, but many in my community and of course the entire United States. They've committed to invest over $250 billion back in the US economy over this 10 year span that they plan to have open call. And due to research, that's gonna create over 1 million jobs for our country and that's something that everyone should be grateful for every day so really happy to be here at walmart open call 2019 25 year old marissa was invited to speak before the 500 entrepreneurs hoping to get into walmart stores at this event as she did ever since then i've been paying it forward because i'm just so grateful and want to help others and I think that's why Home Office invited me to speak here and be kind of a supplier on the inside helping everyone feel comfortable and confident to pitch. Just realizing everyone's human. Just be honest, be real, be yourself and I think that's the moment that you could really succeed and uh, do what you're sought out to do to make your dreams happen. Marissa only wished that her grandma could have been there to see how her sacrifice has paid off in Marissa's life. She is absolutely amazing. She only came here with a suitcase and a dream to give the future generations of the Sergi family a better life. So um, I work so hard because I don't want to waste her sacrifice. 
I wish she could be here today just to see what it's like to be at a retailer like Walmart and to see what I've been able to take from all of her sacrifices to um, be able to be one of the speakers this year at Walmart Open Call. It's just something that I never imagined would happen, but I'm here and I'm gonna embrace every moment. Her name is Michalina Sergi, but her maiden name is Valentino. She absolutely loves wine. She's one of those traditional grandmas. You're making meatballs, homemade pasta. You've ate at least three platefuls of food, but you still have to have more and have dessert and an espresso. It's a real deal. So uh, she loves any type of wine and she definitely enjoys Redhead Red Blend. And you've been listening to Marissa Sergi, and she's the founder of Redhead Wine, based in Youngstown, Ohio. Marissa Sergi's story, and Walmart's story, an entrepreneur's story, too, here on Our American Story. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Our American Stories, and by now, you know we love to bring you stories about our veterans, stories that help us appreciate the truly blessed lives we live today because of the many who paid the price and lost their lives in war in the past. Our own Joey Cortez brings us a story of a young man who learned this lesson as a young boy and who started a very special project as a junior in high school to help Americans understand the gift our veterans have given us. My name is Rishi Sharma. I just turned 22 and I'm on a mission to meet and film interview all the World War II combat veterans of the allied countries. To date, I've interviewed just over 1,100 World War II veterans across the U.S., Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand. The root of my fascination with World War II, I think it really just came from the books I was reading. I used to go to the library often as a kid with my mom, and I would just, you know, get these history books, and I would just read them, and I would see stuff like Saving Private Ryan or Band of Brothers on the TV, and I mean, these guys were just so cool, you know, their, their uniforms, the way they acted, it, it just all I ever wanted to be was a Marine. But when I thought of a Marine, I thought of an 18-year-old with nothing but the shirt on his back and a rifle in his hands, fighting in the jungles of Guadalcanal or the sands of Iwo Jima, this good versus evil fight where everything seemed so morally clear that these young kids were putting their life on the line to help liberate an oppressed people across the world and to help restore democratic values and ideals and to get rid of these evil regimes. It just seemed so clear. And as I got older, you know, I realized that the world that we currently live in is not as black and white. And I lost interest in the military, or joining at least, but I never lost my interest and appreciation for the World War II veterans. One day when I was a sophomore in high school, I was reading a book called Citizen Soldiers by Stephen Ambrose. It wasn't just like a, a historian just writing facts and giving statistics it was really just a collection of different veterans sharing their experiences. And so I uh, started looking up some of the men I was reading about just to see, you know, what did they end up doing after the war? And uh, are they alive? And a lot of them were. I just started looking up some of the phone numbers for the veterans who were alive and I wanted to talk to them. Just, I guess, to say thank you. I really didn't know what I was doing, but I found a few phone numbers, in particular a man named Lyle Book, who at 21 commanded a platoon that held off over 500 Germans. A platoon's about 42 men, but it was an understrength platoon, so you could say half of it. And they held off 500 Germans during the Battle of the Bulge. And that one small action contributed greatly to the overall outcome of the war and there were so many different things that happened because he was able to hold off this advance. He was 21, some of the men were killed, and then they, all of them were captured. And I mean, it was just amazing to read what he had experienced. And so I called him up 
after finding his number. You know, this lady answers the phone and I say, hi, um, is Lyle Book the war hero here? And, and she says, yes, but, but he's asleep. Could you call back in the morning? And I said, okay, yeah, sure. No worries. I called him the next morning and he was really nice. And it's not like I had anything I wanted to propose to him, like an interview or say, you know, I'm going to come here and talk to you. I just, I just wanted to talk to him. And I wanted him to know that because of his actions in a war, 70 years later, a, a kid was given a full and a free life and that I'm not the only one. And I just wanted him to know that. As I held my phone in one hand, I held the book in the other, and I was talking to him, and I was also reading his account to him, and, you know, sharing, you know, what he had said, and he was telling me some of his thoughts on that particular action, and that's when it just struck me. I'm talking to a war hero in the worst war in human history, and all I had to do was pick up the phone and call him. If I wanted to talk to some superficial, useless celebrity like the Kardashians, I'd have to go through a million people. But to talk to someone who contributed more to this world than the world gave to him, it, it, all I had to do was pick up the phone and call. That's when I, I really realized that how many of these men are out there, how many stories are not told or preserved I mean, for future generations to understand why they're free and who freed them. And so then I just started doing research about oral history projects, looking up different World War II interviews, and, and it just kind of got me on a whole, just got me on a roll. I contacted some of the oral history organizations, and it was disappointing because a lot of them told me to kind of go the hell away, and they didn't want some high school kids' help, which, which was unfortunate. You know, I here I was, I just genuinely wanted to help and they didn't want that help. And, they, and yet these are the same kind of people who complain about the younger generations, you know? And so I felt that was quite a contradiction that here they have an opportunity with a member of the younger generation and, and, and yet they don't want to, to do anything about it. And that really pissed me off. Um, and so I figured out, you know, I wanted to figure out how to do it myself. And one thing I had noticed in a lot of the World War II documentaries, a lot of them shied around the subject of combat. They would basically just have the veterans as token placeholders to say cliche phrases like war is hell, you know, stuff like that. And, th and they expect a civilian population to understand the gravity of that. But they don't really know the reality of what these men saw and what they had to do for our freedom. And so, I mean, I, I made no bones about it. I, I said, you know, I think it's very important that people who are the benefactors of what these men had to see and what they had to do in the worst war in human history, I think it's very important that people know the truth. And so when I started to do the interviews, or I looked up the guides of how these other oral history projects did it. And, and you know, like I said, even the guide questions, they all shied around combat. And so I always felt, especially after I started to do the interviews, that we live in a world where there is a trail of blood behind us and a path of blood in front of us. And it's an uncomfortable reality, but it's the truth. 
And I don't care if someone in the United States is the biggest pacifist or the largest pacifist in the world. And the simple fact is that the comfortable life that they are privileged to lead on a daily basis came at a price. And it wasn't a monetary price. It just happened to be the price of human lives because in order for everything to fall into place the way it has for all of us to be here to the point where you and I are having this conversation, it meant that people had to die of the allies and the enemy of the Axis forces had to be killed. Because all those things, the way it happened, they all led to this butterfly effect of us being here today. I mean, I've always felt that way, that me personally, I have a debt to pay because of the life that I'm able to live. The fact is that there was someone who was my age who sacrificed his life. And I, I find it to be a direct comparison as if I was tied up on a railroad track and there was a train coming towards me and someone comes and cuts me loose right before the train. I mean, I find that to be a parallel to what the World War II veterans have done for us today. Yes, I mean, it's not like they jumped in front of a car and pushed me, but in a bigger sense or in a larger sense, they did. And you've been listening to Rishi Sharma. All I ever wanted to be was a Marine. That's what he recalls of his earliest time in life. And then he came upon Citizen Soldiers by Stephen Ambrose. And that was it. He wanted to talk to those Citizen Soldiers. And he wanted to get that reality so we could all understand. Rishi Sharma's story continues here on Our American Stories. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We'll be right back. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back with our American stories and Rishi Sharma's story. We left off with Rishi getting in touch with his first World War II veteran to thank him for his service. Let's get back to Rishi on how he got his start in interviewing these veterans to honor and preserve their stories. So after I started to contact the veterans on the phone, I wanted to meet the men in the flesh. I wanted to look them in their eyes and tell them, you know, what they've done for me and so many others. And I wanted to help preserve their story. And I had to figure out where do I find World War II veterans? And, and I couldn't figure it out. And then I was talking to my history teacher one day about it. And they said, well, why don't you try the retirement home down the street? And I just walked to the front desk and I said, hi, I'm a student at Agora High. And I just would like to interview some of the World War II veterans. And she says, well, you're going to have to talk to the director about that. So she goes into the office of the director, and he comes out and he says, why don't you come in here, young man? And he asked me what I wanted to do, and I I explained just my gratitude for these men, and I wanted to learn about what they had fought for and that I uh, just wanted to talk to them in real life. And he said, I'm so happy to see a younger person in this place, wanting to interact with the greatest generation. He literally took me room to room to 25 World War II veterans. And he introduced me to them. He let me use an empty office space to do my interviews. And it was amazing. And I just fell in love with it. And I just kept doing it. Eventually, My local paper did a story about what I was doing, and people started contacting me about veterans that they knew of, and I I started to schedule appointments. There were many times when I would actually ditch class to go do interviews because I was learning more from the veterans than I was in school. One of the early veterans who I interviewed that I was close to he, he, he was actually, he was, a, he, was a really, he was at that retirement home I mentioned earlier. He was, he was really one of my most closest friends when I started out. He was in the army. He was a, an officer who fought with the 27th Division, which is the New York National Guard. And he fought in the Battle of Saipan, 
which doesn't get talked about enough, but that actually is where the Japanese had the largest bonsai attack, which is like a suicide attack where they basically just charge you. It was 4,000 Japanese soldiers overran the army's lines. He was a machine gun platoon leader, and his unit was on the outskirts where the Japanese made their breakthrough. And he was just telling me these stories about seeing wave after wave of Japanese come, and the Japanese bodies would stack up and stack up and stack up, and the incoming Japanese had to move the bodies of their dead comrades just to keep moving forward. But because there were so many of them, they overran the army's position, including his. He was wounded twice as well. And he seeked some refuge underneath a broken down jeep, trying to pretend that he was dead. He had blood loss. And right before he passed out, thinking that he was going to die, all he was thinking to himself is this what he told me. I said, you know, what are you thinking, sir? You know, when you think you're about to die and you're like 22. And he says, all I was thinking about was how sorry I would be for my folks and how it would ruin their lives. And I'm thinking to myself, here's a guy who thinks he's about to die and he cares more about what his family's thinking than about the fact that he's about to die. And I'm thinking, I, I said, you know, these men are amazing. Oftentimes uh, an article from Veterans Day or Memorial Day would come up and I would just contact that veteran, explain what I'm doing, and they would always say, yeah, you're welcome to come and talk to me. I'm, I'm happy you want to know. And it just got larger and larger to the point where I graduated high school and I knew that this is what I want to do as long as I can. As long as there are World War II veterans to be interviewed, I want to be there preserving their stories because I... I know that I would be able to do it in a way that other people wouldn't. And so what, what I ended up doing was creating a GoFundMe. I kept doing the interviews and I graduated high school. I created that GoFundMe and nothing happened. I would just reach out to news organizations. I would find random email addresses of reporters online and I would send them some information about what I was doing. And I, I must have sent almost a thousand emails to all these different reporters, USA Today, New York Times, LA Times. And I never heard back from anyone. I mean, the local paper did and some local TV stations did stories, but besides that, nothing. And uh, I had worked some odd jobs to raise some money for me to start traveling. And it was the 75th anniversary of Pearl Harbor coming up. And I did some more jobs. I raised some money for myself to get over there because I knew there'd be a lot of Pearl Harbor veterans. When I was at Pearl Harbor, that's when uh, CBS News did a national story about my mission. They had come and filmed me a month before, but they, they ended up airing it around Pearl Harbor uh, during the anniversary. And that GoFundMe that had no money in it went up to like $150,000 over two days or something. And I got like 10,000 emails from people all across the country telling me about veterans they know of or offering me a place to stay or, I, I don't care what people in other countries say about Americans. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that the American people on average are some of the most generous and loving people in the whole world. The fact is that so many people were willing to donate their hard-earned money for to a person they didn't know, but had just seen on the news, but believed in his mission. That really meant a lot to me. And so I came back to California with all this money, 
and with all these leads. And I told my parents I wanted to do some interviews in some of the neighboring states. And I'd be back in a couple months. And uh, I, just, I just never came back. The biggest takeaway I, I, I've gotten is just that I am able to look at the world in a very different way than most people my age because I've heard firsthand about the sacrifices that had to be made for our way of life. And it's a, it's a very personal thing at this point. And it's just, I just wish more people understood what these men had to go through, the things they had to see, what they had to endure, you know, because and it, it, these men also need people to talk to because it's hard to see your best friend getting killed and have that forever in your head. It, 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 it's just really interesting that that they, they felt comfortable enough talking to me. I think that they're happy to know that the story is not just in their head. At least there's someone out there who understands a little bit of the hell that they had to go through in the war. And, and I, I think that makes them just happy to know that they aren't alone in sharing that thought because that's a very lonely thought to know that you're the only person that knows what it's like to see you know, your friends around you falling. And so now I, I've interviewed just over 1,100 veterans in the U.S., across 45 states, Canada, the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, and, and I'm still doing it. Uh, money, I don't have them. I don't have as much money anymore. I, I, I figured that I could take some loans or credit card debt or something. I mean, I, I, just, I, I just know how important it is to do these interviews because these video interviews, and it's not just my interviews, but anyone that takes the time to video a World War II veteran talking about his experiences in the war, they're giving that gift to that family so that 200 years from now, that veteran's great, 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 great grandkids not just going to know their great, 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 great grandfather's name, but they'll get to know how he looked, the way he acted, the way he spoke, the way he laughed, the jokes he made, the stories he told, the way he pronounced certain words, certain expressions he would have. I mean, it's really giving them life. And that's the biggest privilege that I could ever have, or the largest one I could ever have, is knowing that I've done something to help, in a small way, the men who saved the world. And you've been listening to Rishi Sharma's story. What a magnificent young man. And to learn more, go to heroesofthesecondworldwar.org to donate to Rishi's GoFundMe page. That's heroesofthesecondworldwar.org. It all started with that answer. Why don't you go to the retirement home down the street? 25 World War II veterans called the place home, and Rishi was off to the races. He was ditching classes because he was learning more from the veterans than he did in school. And as long as there are World War II veterans, he said, I want to be there for them. And last but not least, his experience with the American people and our generosity. And the American people are the most generous and loving people in the world, giving a total stranger money because they believed in his mission. Rishi Sharma's story, the story of a Gen Zer getting in touch with the greatest generation here on Our American Story.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 